Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, we'll check in with the Buffalo Bills. I guess no news is good news right now. Damar Hamlin, and there are reports, uh, unsubstantiated reports, on his ability to breathe on his own, but we don't know. Uh, And I don't want to speculate until we get something official from the Buffalo Bills. At least there's no bad news. But uh, we'll continue to uh, monitor this, keep an eye on social media with any updates from the NFL insiders. Stat of the day brought to you, as always, by Panini America. They're the official trading cards of this program. I want to thank you again. The callers yesterday, you added to the program And we weren't sure how to approach that. You know, Tyler did a wonderful job screening the calls to get the right calls who could help us understand what happened on Monday, uh, Monday night on that football field. Uh, People who have been uh, with EMTs, worked with EMTs, been EMTs helping us yesterday. So thank you. And I appreciate that you were respectful to what we were trying to convey in a very difficult situation for all involved. But uh, as it stands now, no news with uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, Hamlin, no update, but we'll keep an eye on that. If you're watching on Peacock, we thank you. That's our streaming partner. Download that app. You can watch for free. Our uh, iHeart Radio partners, Fox Sports Radio as well, and our radio affiliates around the country. The NFL says the Bills and Bengals will not be played this week. And you start to look at the scenarios. They could have... Canceled the uh, Bills-Bengals game and proceed with Week 18. They could have played Bills-Bengals this weekend, delayed Week 18 by a week. They could have canceled Bills-Bengals, delay Week 18, um, maybe reconfigure the postseason, play the Bills and Bengals during a reconfigured postseason. There are a lot of, there were a lot of options here, but as it is now, the only report is. The Bills and Bengals not playing this weekend against one another. I don't know if maybe the NFL just says, out of respect to both of these teams, going back to Cincinnati, that maybe they just move on with this and they do winning percentage when it comes to the seeds, when it comes to playoff time AFC. I think you got to be fair. you got to be sensitive. There are unsubstantiated reports that the Bills were okay with forfeiting that game. But that's probably in the moment of you don't want to play football. We're not going back out there. But I wonder 
if the Buffalo Bills were told, stay in Cincinnati or stay here for a little while. Let's see. Let's see if DeMar Hamlin is okay and then have them play the football game yesterday. I don't know, but we're going to check in with the Buffalo Bills to find out if that message was conveyed because I don't know. Those players, a lot, you know, they stayed, some stayed overnight. And, uh, you know, you had Stefan Diggs who went to the hospital. I don't know if the NFL kind of had them in a holding pattern there before they were going to go back to Buffalo because now they get ready for the New England Patriots. And we'll check in with the Buffalo Bills coming up. But those were some of the options trying to proceed. Could you, you know, just do week 18, uh, which is what they're doing? Uh, Could they have played just the Bills and Bengals this weekend and then delayed week 18 by a week? Could you do it where you get through the regular season and then you say to the Bills and Bengals, now you guys can play your standalone game and then you take away one of the weeks, the two weeks in between the AFC-NFC title games and the Super Bowl. But as it stands now, football as scheduled this weekend, Bills and Bengals playing uh, different opponents and maybe they revisit this, I would be surprised. I would think out of respect to what happened, um, that maybe you just say, we're going to take winning percentage. Look, it's an aberration, but given you know the, the gravity of this, the seriousness, uh, what those players went through, uh, out of respect, I would hope that they would do that. Not make them do a standalone game back in Cincinnati. Do you pick it up 7-3 first quarter? After, you know, the T. Higgins catch, and then you start playing football? Poll question today, Seton. Dan, let me update you on the first hour. We had next year, Jim Harbaugh will be dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Coaching Michigan, coaching the Panthers, or coaching elsewhere? Okay. Uh, Right now, 48% of the vote is that uh, coach will stay at Michigan. And then another 39% though have him going elsewhere and not to the Panthers. Yeah, I I think he's coaching in the NFL. I just get that feeling. He was that close with Minnesota and you start to wonder if you don't take one of these jobs, then maybe they stop calling you. And he's going to be what 59 or he's 59 years of age. I get the feeling there's the opportunities here. He's gone as far as he can go at Michigan and, and he's done a great job. To go to the Final Four, to beat Ohio State twice, maybe this is the jumping-off period. And let's say he goes for three years. He can always go back to college football. He can be an analyst if he wanted to. As long as there's no scandal. Urban Meyer would be coaching now if he didn't have baggage. I mean, he did a horrible horrible job at uh, Jacksonville. And then you had the -the off-the-field baggage. Now, if you're really good at your job, the -the off-the-field baggage isn't as heavy. It'll fit in the overhead bin. You don't have to check it at the, the gate. But that's why he didn't get the USC job. Because there was talk that he was going to be the guy that they were you know, trying to uh, bring in. And then they brought in Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Paul. Do you think for Urban Meyer this has been a, enough of a cool-off gap year where colleges will kick the tires on him this offseason? Or is he damaged goods long-term? Well, you have to run this by the chancellor, the president. This is different. It's not just, hey, that's a, great, that's a great college football coach, which he is, but you're bringing him in, and now you've got to convince people who may not be football people and go, can't we find somebody better than this? 
Do we want that on our campus? And I think that's what happened at USC. Because you, you, know, you had a lot of different things that happened uh, on campus, USC. They weren't football related. And the sensitivity level there, I'm sure, uh, amber alert as far as could you bring in Urban Meyer. There are a lot of reports that he was going to go there, and I, I was told by a source it ain't happening. Just not. That uh, this, this was not an athletic director call. This was uh, above that person's pay grade. Uh, what's the poll question for hour two, Seton? Do you want to go with the one that we stumbled upon in the uh, first hour, better head coaching opportunity in the NFL? Mm. Panthers-Texans? You going to do Colts? Well, Denver. Yeah, Denver. Yeah. Gosh. Who would have thought that the negative for Denver might be Russell Wilson? That you go, do you want that job? Now, I still believe in Russ. Um, you know, but I, I, you gave up an awful lot for him. So you're locked in. You know, the question is, who comes in to make him the Russell Wilson that we know? Because they did have talent there. Uh, and we thought they were a quarterback away. At least I did. And we realized that's not the case. Um, Colts, to me, are the, the best all-around team there. Carolina, you know, everybody's got, everybody's got issues here. But that's why you have coaching vacancies here. Yeah, Paul. I saw someone say that uh, Carolina's very attractive because David Tepper is a billionaire owner. Almost all owners are billionaires. But he's a guy who's, you know, it's his team. He wants to make a splash. You can't really do that in the in in the NFL like in the NBA. Like, what's the guy who owns the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I can't. Golden State Warriors. He he's spending like crazy. He doesn't care about the money. He just wants to win. And he's doing the luxury tax tax stuff. Same with the Mets owner. They they'll pay crazy with the luxury tax. You can't do that in the yeah, NFL. You can't outspend. No. Um. All right. If you want to do that one, Seaton, that one's fine. Uh. We'll check in with the Buffalo Bills as I mentioned uh, coming up. You know, what's tricky, and, and you know, they're, they've been talking about the 18-game schedule for a long time. And I know it took a while to get to 17 games. But I, I don't know what happens when it comes to records. Now, we, there's not an NFL record where you go, oh, my gosh, I know that exact number. I know the, you know, it used to be 4,192 hits, and then Pete Rose surpassed that. Uh you know, or 4,991 or whatever it was. You know, baseball, we have treasured numbers, or at least we did. You know, the, you know, the prolifer- proliferation of home runs has watered that down greatly. But the NFL, I don't think anybody cares about any of these records. Most touchdown passes in a season. Um, who holds it? Dan Marino. Yeah. <laughs> My mo- most rushing yards in a season. Eric Dickerson. Yeah. I know these, sorry. Yeah. But should it be Eric Dickerson because he played more games, you know, than O.J. Simpson did? Like, I don't know if we care about these. Mm. Yeah, more. I think baseball, we know the numbers. I only know who holds the record. I don't know how many yards Eric Dickerson rushed for. I just know that he's the, the record holder. Was he 2106? Does that sound right? Yeah, Paul. But Eric Dickerson's actually third, all, fourth all-time in rushing yards per game in a season because he had 16 games to do it. He averaged 131.6 yards per game. 
Jim Brown is second all-time. In 1963, Jim Brown averaged 133.1 yards per game. The all-time leader in rushing record for a season should be O.J. Simpson because in 12 games, he ran for 143 yards per game, 10 more than anybody else. And same thing like like this year. Justin Fields is trying to break Lamar Jackson's record. Mm. Justin Fields had, for rushing yards by a quarterback. Justin Fields has an extra game to do it. The playing field's not fair. He's averaging 76 rushing yards per game. Lamar Jackson, a couple years ago, when he did it, averaged 80 rushing yards per game. So if you, if you just prorate it per game, you could figure out, but I don't think people want to do that. Well, if I looked at the, the most receiving yards per game for a season ever, this person averaged 129 yards per game. I'll give you 100 guesses. And he played in the 80s. Exactly. You don't know? Now, you, you're probably throwing out a lot of names. You're not going to get to Wes Chandler in those first 100 guesses, are you? Wes Chandler, well, he played and, and averaged 190, uh, 29 yards per game for San Diego, I believe, in 1982. I think Wes is a former college quarterback and uh, might have been at Florida, if that sounds right. But, but if I'm looking at what you averaged per game, receiving-wise, second on that list, I'll give you a thousand guesses. Charlie Hennigan? Charlie Hennigan. <laughs> what? I totally cheated. Yeah, the no, list wait, is right in front of Elroy me. Hirsch, <laughs> yeah. Elroy Hirsch, I thought. Elroy Hirsch. Yeah, that, he's thought, third on the list. Oh, he's third. See, I thought he was second. Yeah, and then Calvin Johnson. Uh, the dangerous Jim Benton in 1945. Josh Gordon? Yes, Josh Gordon's next. Is it Josh Gordon? Uh, Julio Jones, then Jerry Rice, Antonio Brown, and Cooper Cup. That's average yards per game receiving. Wes Chandler. So are you pro-prorating or anti-prorating? <laughs> um, I'm anti-records of, of celebrating them in the NFL. It just it doesn't mean anything to me. Well, like what record do you go? Oh my God, he's going to break that record! Uh, I I would think if you lead in receiving yards and touchdowns and catches, like if you do a triple crown like Cooper Cup, that's impressive. I mean that that's worth noting. But if you say he had more yards than Calvin Johnson did. Did they play the same number again? Randy Moss, you know, all of these things that you kind of throw in there and you've got to extrapolate and you're like, uh, I don't know, how many games did that guy play? And Dan Marino only played in that. He threw 48 touchdowns. Like, after a while, I don't want to add math to this. Yes, Paul. I think Emmett Smith's rushing record, which is 18,355, is both untouchable, but if it was ever approached, would be a big, big deal. Because the way the game has changed to passing, split running back backfields, running backs, you know, not getting big contracts. Yeah. Who, who do you think is closest? Active player close. This is unbelievable. Adrian Peterson? Active. Well, I don't know. Is he still active? Not active. Active player closest. You'll be shocked. It's not Derrick Henry, but he's second. Mm, that was going to be my guess. Active player closest to, to Emma Smith's 18,000 is Ezekiel Elliott at 8,200 yards. He's 10,000 yards behind. I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this just into the newsroom. 
Patrick says Zeke Elliott won't rush for 10,000 more yards. Hot take. Yep, thank you. That's what I'm known for. Hot take. 10,000 is a lot. Just to get to 10,000, let alone get to 18,000. Yeah, the game has changed. That's why, you know, it doesn't matter. But if I look at average yards per game, uh, you know, what OJ did, and nobody's going to come to OJ's defense, but uh, I guess except for me. (laughs) The hell you don't want to be on. Yeah. Coming up next, in defense of OJ. (laughs) Yeah. Not after I sat down and did an interview with him. I'm not going down that road again. Uh, Hello, Twitter world. It's good to have DP back in my corner. I just want to thank at DP show. (laughs) Uh, Todd, we're not doing that. You don't like that? No. No. I thought it was kind of cute. All right. I mean, it's nothing controversial. It was just Todd's. Got nothing to do in the back. Here we, here we go. Well, go ahead. Tom. Some OJ mock headlines? No, no, oh. no. Which has the best ring to it for an NFL Harbaugh hire? Khaki Cardinal, Khaki Carolina, Khaki Colorado, Khaki Colt, Khaki Cowboy. Which has the best ring to it for an NFL How about Harbaugh I give hire? you a do-over? My do-over would be not to say it at yes. all? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all have the cuh and cuh sound. I know, I know. I, you love the, the alliteration. I know you love that. Okay. Are you done? Yeah, I guess all so. Right. We, 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 we did it. All right. Left turn. Where do you stand on uh, most valuable, least valuable, Danette? I just took a big hit just now in the first week. We were somehow just getting uh, better jokes off of an uh, alleged double murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go back to the OJ positivity bit. Put some perspective right there. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Who would have thought OJ would be funnier than Fritzy? It's disappointing, but it's true, though. What was your least favorite bit on the show today? You know, the OJ bit was bad, but the Fritzy thing really bothered me. Because it derailed the OJ. Khaki Cardinal. Khaki Carolina. Khaki Colorado. Oh, dear. That bit was bad. How about we take a break? Khaki Colton, Khaki Cowboy. Let's take a break. You know that's going to be one of the headlines whenever team he goes to. Indianapolis let, Star. Let, when it says khaki cult in the Indy let, Star, I say, I told you that so. That doesn't mean it's good. That's true. Okay. That was caca. Oh, whoa. Uh, Let's take a break here. Check in with the Buffalo Bills. Were they told to stay in the locker room for a little while longer? Was there any chance that they were going to play that game yesterday? I don't know what they were told, but uh, we'll get some information for you coming up next. And uh, we're back after this Dan Patrick show. All right, listen up. We did this before, and we had over 200,000 people who entered to win the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van last year that we gave away at the Super Bowl. And I asked Mercedes, I said, can we do it again? And they said yes. The Sprinter van is in the garage behind the man cave, and it is gorge. 16 body types. Choice of gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, capable, versatile enough to help drive your ambitions. This is what you need to do, the Dan Patrick Show's ultimate fan van sweepstakes. You go to danpatrick.com, and you'll be able to get your chance to enter. They'll give you all the rules and regulations, the official rules there, and your chance to let a sprinter van take you on the open road. The possibilities are endless. Follow your passions, reawaken the spirit of adventure, 
Check all those big, bold, and exciting experiences off your bucket list. To enter, get official rules. Visit danpatrick.com. Your chance to win. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stunning design, unmatched intelligence, and a compact, ready-for-anything build, sometimes exceptional is the rule. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA. Member of the unrivaled SUV family. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Also, go to DanPatrick.com. We're giving away another Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van and we'll do that at the Super Bowl. You can, it doesn't cost you anything. Go and uh, you'll find the uh, official rules and be able to uh, enter the contest at danpatrick.com. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN uh, last hour said the commanders expected to turn back to Taylor Heineke as the starter for Sunday's finale against the Cowboys. Rookie quarterback Sam Howell out of North Carolina is also slated to play. The Bills are going to play the Patriots coming up this weekend. Eric Wood is a former Bills center and his fourth season as the Bills radio color analyst. Eric, thanks for joining us. 
Let me start at the end of Monday night's game when the players are in the locker room. Were they told anything about possibly staying or playing that game on Tuesday? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that shook out. I was in the broadcast booth, and to my knowledge, all the focus was on DeMar, and they simply were saying, look, we're, we're not playing this game tonight. And I can't imagine that anyone would have been in an emotional state to play that game within the 48-hour rule that they would have needed to get that game in. What were you told when you were in the broadcast booth about, first of all, DeMar's health and then the situation involving going back to Buffalo? We were just simply uh, waiting on information as it came, like everyone else was in the stadium. And at first, no one knew the severity of the situation. Uh, Unfortunately, we've become accustomed to seeing carts come on the field and even at times ambulances. But based upon the player's reaction, the coach's reaction, the way they lined up everybody to to block the viewing of CPR given to DeMar on the field for almost 10 minutes, we knew that this was a a much different situation than we're used to seeing in in a football game. Tell us who DeMar is. DeMar Hamlin's a special young man. I actually had the pleasure of covering him in college when he was at the University of Pittsburgh, and I was working at ESPN. And we'd sit down for production meetings with Pat Narduzzi, and they had guys drafted higher than him in the draft. But he would always talk about what a special young man DeMar is and then also talk about how he would play a long time in the NFL. That's just the type of player and person that he is. And then, like anything, when you get to the NFL – and your platform gets magnified, often that impact that you can have on others gets impacted. And I love how over these last couple of days so much has been shared about the impact that DeMar has made on his teammates, the Buffalo community, the Pittsburgh community, and then so many others through tour drives and his foundation. He's just truly a special young man. What did you see on the play? And it just looked like a routine hit, Dan. What I saw is very similar to what you saw. It, it looked like a routine play. And then when he stood up and went back down, automatically you think head injury, just the way he, he collapsed. You think likely a head injury, potentially spinal. It's, you know, this, this cardiac arrest is not something that was on anybody's minds. And so it went to commercial break. And while we were watching in the stadium, Silence fell over, maybe the loudest stadium I've heard this entire season. Silence falls over the stadium as everybody's watching the players' reaction. And then, obviously, the situation just grew more and more tense as DeMar didn't get up. And we've we've just become so used to seeing as well, you know, a guy gets carted off, or even as he's going into an ambulance, you get that wave or a thumbs up. But in this situation, we knew after a few minutes that that likely wasn't coming. But then you're on the air, you're on radio, and you have to describe all of this. Like, how, how do you get through that hour-long period or however long you guys were on after the injury and then realizing that the game had been canceled? Yeah, so at first, you know, they're asking me a former player's perspective, how do you compartmentalize this and continue playing? And there's been many times that, I've had teammates parted off, and it's an emotional period, and then you just have to go back and and do your job. And this was not one of those situations, though. And and it got to the point where the players were so emotional, the coaches were so emotional, I I went even as far as to say if, if the Bills were forced to forfeit the game and take a loss and lose home field advantage in the one seed, 
so be it. Do what you have to do to get back in the locker room mm. and, and focus all your attention on DeMar. I was wondering, though, we're talking to Eric Wood. He's a former Buffalo Bills center in his uh, fourth season as the Bills radio color analyst. Joe Buck reported a couple of times the players were told to get ready. They had a five-minute window to compose themselves and resume play. Were you guys told anything about the possibility of them continuing that game? We weren't told anything. We saw those reports through ESPN as well. And, you know, since then, the league has denied it. ESPN has kind of stood by the fact that that information was relayed to them. I'm hoping what happened in the situation was, you know, people that were not in the stadium did not understand the severity of the situation. So they were simply saying, in times of prolonged period uh, for someone injured, that teams are given a five-minute period to warm back up. They don't necessarily have to go right back into playing. That is simply the rule and not what they were going to impose necessarily on this situation. I'm not sure exactly what was said or communicated during that time. I'll also say that while the NFL is not perfect and Roger Goodell and his team aren't perfect and neither are these teams, and I just feel like there's a certain amount of grace that needs to be given to a completely unprecedented situation on the field. What do you expect out of the Bills this weekend against New England? It's, it's tough to say, Dan, because, you know, those guys are still so emotional. The, the mental and emotional uh, stress those guys are going through still today, and I know they did a lot yesterday to try and mitigate that. And the Bills have been on the front end of trying to pour into their players over the years through whether it's emotional issues, mental health issues, whatever it may be. They've kind of been on the front end of that. But the, that, that, that staff and all, all the help that they provided, they're, they're on full task force now because a lot of those guys are, are traumatized from, from what they saw. And, you know, I, I know from coming back from broken legs and ACLs, whatever it may be, that it could be tough to step on the field that next time. A little bit of hesitancy and then you, then you get back to normal. And how long it takes these guys to get back to normal has yet to be seen. I know the preparation – for this upcoming game is going to be distracted. You have a game coming up against the Patriots where, you know, it's, it's win and end for them. The Bills, not sure of how the, the results will be canceled from the last game, could have a lot at stake as well on the field when you consider, you know, if, if they win against Cincinnati and win against New England, they're the number one overall seed. You get that bye week and you host throughout the playoffs. But I, I can tell you that, the result of that game, the seeding for the playoffs, in, in a lot of cases, will be the farthest thing from their minds today. Were you on the uh, plane ride home? I was, and I, home for me is in Louisville, Kentucky. So I I, I drove back from Cincinnati that okay. night uh, and just and just stayed in communication with as many people as I could. Eric, thank you. We appreciate your time. Good luck uh, with the Patriots game and the postseason. Thank you again. I appreciate it, Dan. That's uh, Eric Wood, played center for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, he's the radio color analyst. I can't imagine what that plane ride was like. And it felt like they were holding the team there. Uh, and I thought, I don't know if they were holding out hope. Maybe you got a, a good result or update on, on Hamlin's uh, health, and then maybe you stay over and try to play football. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on that. I just wondered the players were there I think till around 12, 12.30. And that's why I thought maybe the NFL was holding them there. Maybe the Bills just said, let's stay as long as we can, and then we'll fly back. 
because we're not coming back. Yeah, Paul. I thought the same thing, too, especially when Seaton mentioned the European soccer player a few years ago. Once the teams, they, they stopped the game for a few hours. It was an afternoon game, not a night game. And a few hours later, they found out he was in stable condition. They decided to restart it. I thought that the NFL and the Bills made a holding pattern, stay in town, and maybe we get some good news. Yeah. Bailey in Charlotte. Hi, Bailey. What's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. How are you today? Great, great. Um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. First time, long time. Uh, I'm a intensive care physician in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just thought I could give some perspective as to why we may not have any additional information uh, at this point in time on Mr. Hamlin and his um, current condition. When a player or when any uh, individual um, suffers a cardiac arrest, there are two um, concerns, certainly the cardiac concerns, which have been discussed, uh, and I would uh, go in a little further detail, but uh, additionally are the neurologic concerns. When someone uh, has uh, someone's heart stops, they uh, can and will suffer uh, an anoxic ischemic brain injury, which essentially means lack of blood flow and bl- lack of oxygen to the brain. And within a couple minutes, um, that uh, those injuries can um, begin to uh, take place. And so, obviously, uh, effective and rapid CPR is used to uh, minimize, the effect, minimize the impact of anoxic ischemic brain injury. But a standard of care uh, for this type of situation would be to place Mr. Hamlin in a medically-induced coma, as well as to bring his body temperature down to a less than normal level to help uh, protect the brain by decreasing the metabolic demands that the brain is under undergoing. And this would be a standard of care treatment for 48 to 72 hour time period from the initial injury or insult that uh, Mr. Hamlin uh, but, under, underwent. But if it's true that maybe he's now, uh, you know, he had a breathing tube, and he was now it's partial oxygen that he's getting maybe 50 percent and maybe breathing on his own. Like, I'm just trying to look at positives here. What would you glean from that if I told you that it went from 100 percent he needed a ventilator to now uh, it's reported 50 percent? Yeah, that certainly is a positive. I think I think uh, that is absolutely a positive. But the the most important aspect um, that none of us are going to be able to understand at this point in time, we would only be under uh, able to understand once we have heard from the medical personnel at U of C, um, is what is Mr. Hamlin doing neurologically, and that's what the medical team is really needing to see uh, and understand. Both clinically, is Mr. Hamlin waking up? Is he doing normal activity? Um, and potentially also both uh, diagnostically via uh, MRI um, and or CT scan of the brain to see if there's any injury pattern. And so they're going to keep him cooled. They're going to keep him in a medically induced coma, slowly start to wake him up um, out of that and understand how much he's breathing, how much oxygen he is requiring, and what his medical um, uh, clinical exam is demonstrating to that team so that they can then determine uh, how quickly they can pull them out of this medically induced coma. Um, all the while, so that's the neurologic component, all the while they're also needing to understand the cardiac um, implications here. Are there anatomic 
um, implications or underlying cause uh, that have led to this um, arrest? Are there electrical issues with the heart, or is it simply a result of the traumatic impact um, from the play itself? And and that all of that workup, all of that evaluation can occur simultaneously while they're uh, putting uh, Mr. Hammond, like I said, in this medically induced coma, cooling his body down to protect the brain for uh, the bigger picture. Thank you, Doc. We appreciate the update, the uh, insights there, trying to understand exactly what's going on. And, uh, you know, this has been brought up a couple of times that, you know, sometimes this happens in younger people. Uh, you know, Little League baseball player getting hit in the heart with the baseball, and it can create this. Also, somebody saying, well, is it a heart attack or cardiac arrest? Those are two different things there. But being in a medically induced coma, and then slowly bringing him out of that. And then, you know, what needs to happen? And it, as, he, as Doc was saying, 48 to 72 hours. So we have probably a little while longer before we get a true update on his condition. Let's take a break. Phone call's coming up. Uh, Marcellus Wiley, the former All-Pro defensive end, former Buffalo Bill, will join us uh, coming up next hour. We're back after this. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride, the pandemic, inflation, and you could certainly use a break. And a lot of people took me up on this offer. GetRefunds.com. If your business has five or more employees managed to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. And it's not a loan. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. Go to GetRefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys they put together, highly trained. This is a little-known payroll tax refund program. They've all Already returned over $1 billion to businesses, and maybe they can help you as well. They do all the work up front. They simply share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify. Those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time, so don't miss out on your opportunity. GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stars of the PJ Tour come out swinging, literally. The new year starts with a bang. Not literally. Last year's champions ready to put on a show. The Century Tournament of Champions. That's the Century Tournament of Champions. That'll be uh, Thursday through Sunday on NBC, Golf Channel, and Peacock. Giannis scored 55 as the Bucks beat the Wizards. He has had at least 40 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in uh, each of his last three games. That's something that only three other players have done. Elgin Baylor, Wilt, and Russell Westbrook Jr., the third. Also, as I gave you a stat, I think uh, Giannis getting 55 and not having a three-point shot is the highest point total without a made three-pointer since the three-pointer was introduced in 1979. How about that? Michael Jordan scored 69, and he had two three-pointers in that. How many three-pointers did Kobe have when he had 81? Be curious about that. By the way, the Buffalo Bills announced they will hold meetings in a walkthrough practice today. There's no media availability today. The Bills scheduled to host the Patriots on Sunday. Yes, Paul. Did you want to play the guess how many Kobe Bryant three-pointers he had yes. in an 81-point game? Yes. I haven't played that in a while. All right. He was, uh, wow, man, he 81 points, two assists. Combined I did love that. 81 points, two assists. Do you think the ball was tipped away from him as he was driving to the I basket? don't know. I don't know. But if, if we were, if Kobe was alive <laughs> and we were doing the anniversary, uh, that'd probably be my first question. Do you remember your two assists that night? 
against Toronto. He was 28 of 46 from the field. He was 18 of 20 from the free throw line. He was 7 of 13 from 3. Mm. 81 points. Yeah. Who is the next highest scorer in this game? If anyone can guess it, they'll get respect. I have nothing else to give. <laughs> the second highest scorer for the Lakers. When, when was this game? Oh, f- six? Lamar Odom. That's a good guess. Lamar Odom had eight. Marv? Smush Parker. Smush Parker had 13. Oh! Meatloaf sandwich for nice. you. We would have also accepted Chris Mihim with Chris 12 points. Chris Mims out of Texas. Mihim. Smush. Smush Parker. Mihim. Chris Mihim. M-I-H-M. Get rid of the H, dude. Uh, I like that the Cavs got uh, drug tested after Donovan Mitchell <laughs> scored 71. The whole team did. The whole team's probably like, wait, what? just test Donovan, not us. He's the one at 71. Uh, yes, Marv. Did you watch your team, the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, they won. Like, De- De'Aaron barely, Fox? Barely. But they won, although Laurie Markkinen almost beat the buzzer and beat the Kings. Almost, and it sounded like this. Baseball outlet, marketing catch, launches, good! It's good! Howie Harvey on the left side, on the catch, it's loaded home! Will it count? The crowd's going crazy! The Jazz are jumping on Lowry! The officials have to decide if it's going to count! It would... No good. no good yeah you can't say it that way you can't (laughs) no good (laughs) waved waved off that's it's not going to count we lost No good. Is it mid-June? Was that the NBA Finals Game 7? And the Giants won the pennant! Play it again there, Marv. Baseball outlet, marketing catch, launches. Good! It's good! Howie Harvey to the left side! On the catch, it's loaded home! Will it count? The crowd's going crazy! The Jazz are jumping on Lowry! The officials have to decide if it's going to count! It would... No good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a bummer. They don't call him the best color analyst in the business for for anything. Uh, By the way, January 22nd, 2006, when uh, Kobe went for 81 against the uh, Toronto Raptors. Oh, that's good. That's good. My Utah Jazz. And my Sacramento Kings. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox uh, had a big night there. One of six players to have at least 10 fourth-quarter points this season when they scored at least 10. The others, Jason Tatum, Giannis, DeMarta. Nobody cares about that stat. Uh, yes, Morph, do you have uh, something to add? Do you think they lit the beam in Sacramento? Oh. Even though they were on the road, they still light the beam at the arena? A home beamer. But that was on the road, so they would, yeah, I would hope they would. You drive by the arena and you see the beam. And they say, it's lit. Oh, it's getting lit in yeah. here. But the, uh, didn't the Cubs used to put a W or, Fly, a, or yeah. an L on the, the w. on the flag? Yep, uh, on top of the scoreboard. Even if they weren't at home? Yes, they'd raise, fly the W so people in the neighborhood could know if the Cubs won or lost. Back, I think that started in the 60s. Oh, okay. 
So usually it was an L. Yeah, they put it up maybe 70 times Wait, a year. Wait, did they put up an L or was it just a W? The it, L was assumed. You don't need to build well, the, a flag. Well, the L is is what you would take to get to Wrigley Field. Right. Oh, blue. The L train. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and they don't call it the W train. Didn't we have Kobe Bryant on once and, and we asked him, would he rather have 81 in the game or something else? It was some other record that he had or some other... I, or, no, oh, no, I think it was 81 or 60, 60 in the final game. 60 in his final game or the 81. I, I think we got to go back and find I thought it. he said the 60. I think he said the 60 because he didn't. It was his final game. You kept saying, but 81. Baby. I know. But I, I, I never thought I would say this. Somebody's going to get to 80. It just feels like it. I mean, every night. It is commonplace if somebody puts up at least 45 to 50. And then, you know, you just had Donovan Mitchell. You had Luka. I mean, it's a Herculean task, but if you can if you can make your free throws and you can make threes, uh, and, and, you know, you get the green light. Clay Thompson's not putting up 54 if Steph Curry is playing, but he got that opportunity. And that might be a situation where it's a throwaway game, Maybe you're getting somebody on the back end of, uh, you know, back-to-back games. But it feels like somebody's going to get there. They're going to knock on the door at 81. Yes, Ton. And how much is the dominance of the player? I know it depends on who your opponent is versus just bad defense in games like that. That well, this is happening more than ever, and it seems like... Well, defense what? has changed in the NBA. They don't let you play defense the way they once did. Just kind of let the threes go up, often uncontested. Yes, yes, Paul. Well, you, you probably need overtime. I, I don't think yeah. the, the Raptors... Lakers game. I well, don't think that was Luka over. Luca had it. Donovan had it. They both had overtime in their games. Yes. That'd be a big qualifier. Kobe didn't have it, Did but not. you have to have a competitive game, and that was a competitive game, I believe. <laughs> God, 81. Kobe played 42 minutes. He could have played more. Yeah. You know who's a good sport about that, Jalen Rose? Because when we talked to him about, you know, guarding Kobe, and didn't Kobe ask for 81 olives in his drink? That, that that commercial he did with Jalen. Oh, a great line. It is a great line. Great line. They're just staring <laughs> at each other. Hey, Jalen. Take 81 olives, please. <laughs> One more hour coming up. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.